Welcome to Ladies Talking Leafs. I'm Chris. And I'm Syl. And welcome to Season 7 of the Shanna Plan, Leaf Fan. It's just so exciting to have hockey to watch every night and hockey fans on both the U.S. and in, in both the U.S. and Canada obviously are super, super pumped because the NHL had record-breaking TV ratings on opening night. So that is huge. Yeah, yeah. And uh, probably a little bit more on the Canadian side, but that's okay. Well, we always bump things up for them, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, we also had a huge accomplishment um, just recently with uh, our listener numbers, and we just got our 1500th download of the podcast. Yay! So, yay! <laughs> and the and the person who was our 1500th was from France, which we've never actually had someone from France um mm. uh, that we that we know of anyways that have, that has listened, so, but that's great. Shout out to that listener and um we'd love to hear from you and any of our listeners to let us know how you found out about us and about um any feedback you have about our show. You can DM us on social media or our handle is at uh, LTL1917 or you can email us at ladiestalkingleafs at gmail.com. And of course, we appreciate everyone who's made the time to download and listen to our show. Yes, thank you so much. So before we get into the nitty gritty of today's show, uh, we want to talk a little bit about opening night and how we celebrated the return of the NHL. It was like a a big, it's almost like a national holiday. Um, This is the first home opener that Chris and I haven't watched together in 27 years. So that, yeah, yeah, that part was sad. I was kind of down. (laughs) Yeah, but we made the best of it and the Leafs and Habs did not disappoint. So for me, um, it was kind of different because normally um, I like to take, you know, my kids to a game um, for their birthday. And I feel pretty fortunate that I'm able to do that. Um, but this year, my daughter's birthday basically fell right around the Leafs have games. And so what she wanted to do was um, have her kind of game night birthday. So we normally like to have poutine when we're at the game. So we ordered that. Of course, I put some of my brand new leaf gear on to watch the game. And we just kind of made a little bit of a night of it as a family. So um, so yeah, and I, I made some cupcakes. And so we, we had that that's not typically what I would have at the game. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, they, they don't have cupcakes, probably no. will next time. Maybe. Yeah, and you never know, like they could <laughs> yeah. end up having they always have new and different things there at uh, Scotiabank. So yeah. Um, a cupcakery, that might be a nice, uh, nice addition. Nice anyway, they don't really have anything sweet there. No, except for the, much. um, what's it called? Those, yeah, the, those the funnel cake fries. fries. Yeah. 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 They're yeah. kind of yummy, but you can't have that every game for, yeah. anyway. but, uh, <laughs> so that's kind of, that's kind of what we did. And we just did it, did that thing like as a, as a family thing. And we all really enjoyed it. It was, it was great. What about you, Chris? Yeah, so I'm by myself here, so I just basically ordered pizza and wings. I listened to some pregame talk to get into it mm-hmm. and uh, to just get into like all the players and what they were saying, listen to the interviews. And then when the game started, I even stood for the national anthem, <laughs> pretending <laughs> I was there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and that's it. And obviously I had my leaf gear on and uh, and you make the best of it, basically. It's better to have it to watch than not have it at all. That's absolutely true. Yeah. So, so um, 
let's get on with what we're going to talk about with on this episode. So basically, we're going to do a review of the game so far. So we're recording this on Sunday, January 16th. So we will cover the three games that we've had, which is the Habs and the two versus the Senators. Uh, we're also going to review what's upcoming for the blue and white in the next couple of weeks. It's quite a fast and frenzied schedule. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, once again, uh, we had the opportunity to be on a call with Toronto Maple Leafs president, Brendan Shanahan, and we're going to give you our little bit of insider information from this call. So stay tuned for that. Now, without any further ado, let's talk Leafs. Okay, so we're going to, first up, we're going to review the first three games of the season. Um, yeah, so we're basically just going to first talk about who or what stood out from the games, good or bad, when it comes to the overall team play, whether it be um, the defensive play or the forward, forward line combinations or the goaltending, which Syl and I actually got all my Freddy love out of me last night for after t- texting with Syl, so we won't... I've kind of condense that a little bit for today. <laughs> Anyhow, um, for for the coaching, it was interesting. I, I'll start first just with a comment, just how he's using the fourth line. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just thought um, for Wayne Simmons, he had an average ice time between seven... Seven minutes, 30 seconds to 10.25. The last two games he's played around 10 minutes and he's getting the the power play time a little bit extra. But so that's actually good, even though I didn't really notice the increase that much because the first game, other than the fight that he had, which was fantastic, um, like he really didn't play much. I I just think that he could have played him a little bit more um, or, or even played that fourth line more. Mm-hmm. And uh, and even with Spezza, which is something else now that with the news today that we got, but I'll get into what I actually wanted to say. Um, like he only played six minutes between six minutes, 57 seconds to eight minutes on the high side. And like his um, he was mainly used also too on the power on the sorry, on the PK on the draw where mm-hmm. this was amazing stat. Actually, he got 18 wins and five losses on the draw. So he's like 78% on face-off percent right. over, the, over the three games. But um, yeah, I don't know. I I know he, Sheldon Keefe, like he he seems to like to use the three lines more so than all like to distribute it. But um, I just think he can use them a little bit more. I don't know. I'd like, I'd like to see it, but I don't know. And um, well, I guess it depends on, on the game situations. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I, we, I think once things settle down, there will be more of a, a regular slot for that line. It's just right now things are pretty sloppy. And I would say that's probably true across the board. And so there's probably a little bit more, especially teams with stupid penalties, like miscommunications, yeah. <laughs> things yeah. like that. So when you have a lot of specialty team time, uh, on one side or the other, I, I think that it's it's hard to get That's that true. game flow yeah. where you're going to get that fourth line on in a more regular fashion. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So at yeah, least no. they're <laughs> able to use some of the guys that play on the fourth line in those key situations also. So Yeah. 
Yeah. But that's yeah. definitely going to affect the way they're used because especially when you're, you know, if you're getting, you know, on the PK side more, then you're in the need of more offense, um, a little more urgently. So therefore you're going to want to play your more offensive players more often, which is, you know, kind of what happened like with Matthews and Marner and that line, um, in particular, those two players, you know, seeing upwards of 20 minutes. So, um, yeah, they were actually played. There was Marner one night played 25 minutes. Yeah, I know. So Same. that was like, yeah, both of them insane. Actually. Like so they, they can't, they can't be, do um, that all the time. Yeah. And yeah. I don't, I don't think that's necessarily going to be their, um, sweet spot as far as, yeah. uh, being able yeah. to, you know, get the most out of them either. So, yeah. And the, on the, the forward line combinations overall, I mean, I think, I think they're, pretty good I'm still I mean it's still only three games I don't know everybody mm -hmm. until last until that last the third game or second game versus the Sens like everybody was kind of saying oh like Jumbo Joe needs to get off that line sort of thing right but um, but I don't know I mean last night they they got they all scored uh, and Marner had the best night with the three points versus the right. Senators so um, in the in the three two win so um, I think they're I mean they they did switch Hyman a little bit in that horrible game on the Friday night. <laughs> they did put Hyman up there, even on the first game versus the Habs. I think they took like Thornton, they moved him down and they put Hyman in there with Marner and, and Matthews. So I think that's just going to continue all the time. And uh, that third line with Kerfoot, I think is really uh, kind of gelling a little bit. They don't, you don't notice them, which is good because it's a checking, supposed to be a checking line. You don't really they're showing consistency and i think obviously it helps with hyman being there well right on, and i i wing. think it shows when it counts you know yeah. like yeah. um when they're you know they get the play and they are able to get it set up and cycled in the in the offensive zone and uh and i don't know like i do see that kerfoot took a step like what and he I think played really well um, in the the play in round. I definitely think he was a noticeable player, and I'm kind of feel like I'm seeing more of that from him again now. So yeah. I think yeah. he's kind of finding his stride, and um, I I think that those guys are going to do some pretty good things uh, this year. Uh, it's a question as to you know if they are looking at them as like a quote unquote more traditional kind of shutdown line. I don't know if that's what they're going to be because. I think they're going to be able to handle some physicality, but they're not the kind of line that's going to dish it out necessarily. No, no. Uh, but not a grinding can, type. Not a no, grinding they're not going to be line. a grinding type. But if <laughs> yeah. they can, you know, manage to, you know, really forecheck, get in there, set something up in the offensive zone, and and we can get the stops there so that we can get a proper. Um, uh, whatchamacallit, <laughs> whatchamacallit, a proper uh, face-off there and get our um, other lines set up, then I think that's what you're looking for from them. Yeah, yeah. And um, and the defensive side, um, I think Muzzin and Hall, basically, you don't notice them at all in, all, in most of the... The first game, they were maybe not so great, but everybody, the defense seemed totally out of sync even on, in the first mm -hmm. two games. But you really didn't, they seemed pretty good. They seemed steady, just like, well, they've played with each other before, both of them. So um, they're good. They're a set pairing, let's just say. Now the Riley and Brody, I mean, that's still, 
they're still working things out. I think they didn't have a good night on on Friday night, like everybody. Um, but then well, they played well. It nicely. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. Brody. Yeah, you know yeah. that was wow. Yeah, that's all and, I can say. That was, and you could tell like his body language said it all. Like he was so frustrated, and you could tell I he seemed disappointed with his game. He was. Um, the goat, and I say that not in a good way, um, yeah. on quite a few of those goals, uh, basically blocking Freddie, and he couldn't see it at all. Uh, yeah, his positioning is just three. not, I'm yeah, pretty sure he was a minus three there. Yeah, on, his on positioning is not, yeah. uh, not great right now. So much better though, last night, I would say overall. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and then Bogosian and Dermot. I don't know. Bogosian, to me, he's slow. I mentioned this to you on, I think, on the opening night. I mean, I hate to say it, but he looks like he's skating through molasses. Like, (laughs) I feel like how hard it is for him to just get the start. So maybe it's just going to take him a little time to get into that game shape. I don't know. But yeah, it's he's a big body and I can't be easy to move that uh, across the ice that fast. So... Um, and, yeah. you know, he's got speedy guys to have to keep up with. So, yeah. And, and the thing, though, too, I, like I was expecting to actually just see a little bit more like Muzzin, let's say, like a little bit more physicality in the game. Like I haven't really exactly I haven't really noticed any hits going into the boards or, or anything like that. It's just I don't know. He's they're OK. <laughs> but again, he he's a minus right now, too. He's a minus. uh I think he's a minus three overall over the past three games. But um, but yeah, so I don't know. It, those two, I mean, they're new pairings and it's hard. I guess everybody knows like for defensive pairings, it's hard to, it, it takes a little bit. It's only three games. So hopefully they're not, or they get better <laughs> over the next next week or so because it's a short season. Everybody keeps saying that it's 56 games, right? So it's not like they have a lot of time to figure it out. Well, but, um, we don't want to start sounding any alarm bells necessarily, but, um, you know, they do have to get things together pretty quickly. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, like Friday was the nightmare, basically game like Marner. I mentioned to you, Sel before, like he had, even though they were in the, they were in the zone quite often, like that mm-hmm. line was doing pretty good with, with Matthews and Thornton, but they, Marner had zero shots, zero goals, zero assists on Friday night. And then another stat they said last night on the game was that, which kind of blew my mind, was that the top four wingers had no shots on Friday night on our team. The top mm-hmm. four wingers on the top. So well, on the top, that says it all. And because I, yeah. I went, person I was going to point out from that game that, I was sort of disappointed with was Willie because, you know, Willie had such a great game the first game. Like he was the definitely the noticeable player that night. Like yeah. he was firing on all cylinders. He looked great. He was, you know, great on takeaways, great in the in the ozone. He was kind of everywhere. I mean, you're not going to necessarily notice him that much defensively because that's just not really his game. However, he seemed like focused and definitely in the game. Now, one of the things we said with him is that we want to see consistency from him day game in, day, yeah. game out. And that's something that it was very obvious that he didn't have it on that that second second go round. Right. Yeah. And yeah. he just was, you know, kind of lazy on the forecheck, lazy in the plays, just kind of 
in the periphery, back to yeah. his typical not good Willie self that night. And um, that's something last we, night he, we again, can't have. He was, he was a little bit better last night. He, yeah, you didn't he really notice him that much, but he was he was mm-hmm. there at least sort of thing. Whereas JT is like, he's motoring, like he's pretty good. He's two goals, three assists over the five, he, or the three he games. He is and, a standout. He looks yeah. like... He is back to his old self. So yeah. he's obviously getting more sleep because his son is older now. Uh, <laughs> he is settled into the captaincy now. You can totally tell. And I don't know. There's something also about his face. He looks intense. So he's yeah. definitely, yeah. Um, I think, has, you know, you know, we talked about people coming in to the team with something to prove. I think he's somebody that is on our team that has something to prove that is put that on himself this year, you know? So uh, he's going to be a model for the rest of the team to sort of follow, I think. Yeah. yeah. And um, all right. What's, what about the goaltending here? So do you want to start with this? I I wrote something <laughs> down here just so I don't go on about it. Um, but, um, okay. Well, I think by all accounts, you know, let's just say that Freddie typically is a slow starter. So, um, he didn't have the greatest two games, um, on those first two. So I think that is not, um, yeah. not a shock, not anything that anyone yeah, would not, say. Nine How? goals, nine goals in two games is not good. No, no. You, <laughs> there's no that, way yeah. that you can sugarcoat that and spin that to making that sound good. Um, some things that I noticed is, especially when I was kind of watching, all the goals um, and the saves also from the Ottawa game is he seems to be very small and crouched in the net this year and a little bit too far back from, he just doesn't look like his normal style. So I don't know what's happening there, but his timing seems to be kind of off. He seems to be going down a little bit too early and he's very crouched, like not, not his usual tallish self. So I think that there's something with his timing that's just not quite there. And I'm hoping it's not his eyes aren't good. And that's why he's kind of like in this weird position. Mm-hmm. And maybe he's crouched because he couldn't he see can't anything. See because, from in front of the, yeah. because five of his own players are standing there like goalposts doing nothing. That's, that's, <laughs> that's true. But he was also doing it when people weren't in front of him, too. So, like, I don't really <laughs> understand why he's looking so making himself smaller so i don't know if there's something they tried with techniques over the summer with him um but you know what he's gonna get back to his own self i'm no doubt about that uh campbell had a a great game for a backup that's what we want that's what we haven't gotten for years so really i don't think there's a debate about who's number one or who's number you know two i don't think that we're going that far with anything right now but you know, Campbell looked pretty confident and um, comfortable. So, and I did not see that from Freddie, that that looking comfortable. He didn't look yeah. comfortable, whereas Campbell looked comfortable. That's the one thing I would say about what yeah. I've observed over these three games, which let's, you know, get calm down, folks. It's only three games. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Well, they're ru- they're running on Twitter. They're running Freddie out of town right now. Sorry well, so, of course, but so... And you know, I think a lot of them didn't do... like they didn't like him from last year as well. Like from yes, last they're, season, they're... They, and whatever his playoff performances obviously haven't been the the greatest. Yeah, 
And those are the most re- our most recent memories right, right now. Yeah. So because we're only three games in here, so that's that's less than what we played against Columbus. So, yeah. um, <laughs> but I'm a few games under us still. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking, I'm thinking he's going to go in versus Winnipeg only because Keefe or the team. I don't know how who explained it, but they went into this deep explanation as to how they were going to be using the goalies. Assuming they had Aaron Dell there, of course, we know Aaron Dell is on waivers, but mm-hmm. they went into this big explanation to say that they gave, they didn't want Freddie to think about like having to go in as a, as a backup, possibly, let's just say if Campbell didn't do well last night and versus Ottawa, they would, so they basically, he didn't dress at all. He had a good hard practice on Saturday, Sunday, today, he has the day, they have the day off. And then Monday he'll play. And they said that that's what they were going to do. They had Dell as the backup um, in versus Ottawa on the Saturday night. So they said that's how they were going to handle it as long as they had those three goalies there. But I don't know. So I'm thinking they'll stick to it for now. See how he see how Freddie plays on tomorrow night versus Winnipeg. And then I don't know. I was thinking of it this morning, actually, that maybe maybe it will be the case that will he'll he'll have to get used to playing almost the 50 50 split like the way they do like the Bruins and um and uh and Pittsburgh did with their with their goalie situation I was trying to think of a team out west but I don't know Vegas Robin Leonard and um and Flurry I don't know if they did more of I think I think Leonard played more than Flurry quite a bit last year but I'm not positive on that but I know definitely Pittsburgh and Boston, they both had like a pretty close even and Carolina as well. Like they they all had a, a, a close 50-50 split. So maybe he's going to have to kind of change his mindset if that's what Keefe is uh, is leaning towards or if Campbell pushes it that much where where he plays that well over a long stretch of games. Because Campbell, that was, I believe that was his seventh game last night as a Leaf. Mm-hmm. He only played six last year. And, um, and so I don't know, I think that, um, yeah, I just think it's always easy to blame the goalie, right? For everything, (laughs) right? That's the easiest, uh, thing to do. So we'll see how it goes. Anyways, we, we love Freddie anyway, so we're good with him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He'll be fine. He'll just have to, he just has to think of that mentality. Like he said in, in his, um, preseason interview that if he does well the team does well right so that's all he needs to right that's what he needs to to think about and that's it don't worry about anything else all right so we're just gonna get into some specific players here who's who's impressed you as a player the most let's just say uh, in the three games Hmm. well okay so i in the three games i would have to say Tavares for sure um he's been great um also, like, okay, Matthews just got his first goal yesterday, but he... He's been all over the place, though. Yes, yeah. and he's been an excellent, and that one post that he clanged, my God, that was yeah. loud. Yeah. Um, so, you know, definitely um, he looks awesome. Um, yeah. Marner I just, seems to be I just wish that he, uh, for, for Matthews, I just wish that he doesn't get hit so much. I noticed last night too, as he was going to the bench, somebody gave him a shot in the back yeah. of the cross-checking thing. And I was like, oh, I'm like, yeah, no, well, we don't, 
we don't need that. But um, with that, though, like, you know, that was something that part of what they're trying to address. So like until somebody takes liabilities with him and then someone comes back at them to protect him, that's going to keep happening because everybody knows that you you can, um, you know, take shots at him. He's not going to retaliate that much, like not in a way where he's going to fight. Although I did see him stick up for himself on in one instance um, the other night. So uh, where he kind of pushed back, Uh, but you know, people are going to keep running him um, so long as it's allowed. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, for me, it's, it's the, one of the players that you, you mentioned earlier, it's Kerfoot. Yeah. That's the other person I was just going to mention, but then we got a little tangent. The fact that he got injured during Mm -hmm. their little mini training camps or he hasn't missed a beat either. And yeah, he, he just seems to have some spring in his step somehow. Like in the overtime versus Montreal, there was one mm-hmm. play there where like he was like in the ozone like so fast. I was like, wow, who's that Alexander Kerfoot? I was like, wow. I said, that's a that's good to see. But um, I don't know. Maybe it's because he has, well, it's only three games, but it seems that he's, Keefe is sticking to him as the third line center. So that's sent center role or the set role for him as a third line center and then he got the goal on Friday night which is which was good for for him too and he yeah he just seems to be different a little bit um in the first few games anyway so hopefully that continues and that that little injury or whatever he had that it's uh that it's uh all good and then um yeah that was my most impressive and who did we expect more from anyone in the three games Huh. Who would you well, say? Well, obviously, I I mean, I'm I'm sure I'm not as hard on him as he's on himself. I was like hoping that Brody was not going to get off to such a bad start. Um, yeah. But I, I don't think it's going to end up in uh, Tyson Berry territory. No, um, no, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, but, I don't think uh, so. But yeah, so he was, uh, you know, I was a little bit disappointed uh, with him. Um that's probably the person that yeah. I would uh, point to. We both we both picked the two defensemen that have come in too. Mm-hmm. So I was Bogosian. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought that he looked slow from the first game <laughs> all the way, all the way through, and um, and the fact that he's just not I don't know he's not using his like body like to to do any like to hit anybody or mm-hmm. I haven't seen it anyways. I don't know. Um, but it's the third game over three games. Hopefully. It can only get better, right? So, and yeah. it's not like he was like he wasn't absolutely horrible, but I just, uh, I just thought that he would bring a little bit more energy. And he won the Stanley Cup last year with Tampa. Right. So, well, always... truthfully, though, to hit somebody, you got to catch them first. So it's very, <laughs> although he he played in the East uh, all last year, so he should know that it's kind of a speed game out here. So, um, yeah, and um, yeah, so. Moving on to the taxi squad here, um, mm. unfortunately. <laughs> so Keith didn't use Bear Banoff very little. He used him. Uh, mm. I don't know. He he's uh, he took one for the team. I know. On I think it was on Friday night. Definitely, he got this shot right in the. Looked like he got it right in the gut. <laughs> I don't know. Right. It was it was pretty. Uh, he just went right out there and and tried to block the shot, but. Um, so he he shows some feistiness, but he just I don't think he's got to the uh, the trust level with Keith yet. So they took him out and they put in Nick Robertson, um, and unfortunately that uh, 
didn't end well for Nick. Um, I don't know if he had, did he have one or two ships? Or I think he had maybe uh, more than that. Maybe, maybe did he two have more than that? three. Yeah. I think it might've been on that third one that he got crunched. Okay. Yeah. And he looks like a knee injury. Um, so he's supposed to have an MRI today. Um, and then from that, there was a trickle down effect that, um, Basically, in order for them to bring else bring up anybody else, they needed to send down somebody else to the taxi squad. And of course, they put um, having 17 skaters and the extra goalie, um, they had to they chose to put Spezza on waivers today and uh, and Aaron Dell. And as, as the goalie thing, like they're saying, it's like a luxury that we had that third goalie, that extra goalie. Um mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so the Robertson injury basically forced the waiver move because they didn't have the extra forward on the roster. Um, so they chose, uh, they needed to get that extra forward. They got, had to put down, uh, and with the salary cap space, it's very complicated, let's just say that, to explain. But, um, but yeah, so, I don't know. I, I think that uh, they definitely have, well, I guess going to Spezza, they're going to have to, he'll have to clear waivers. And he's already said it through his agent that he's going to retire if somebody actually picks him up or tries right. to pick him up. So um, we like Spezza. He's, uh, he's been good while he's here. He's a local, obviously a local boy too. So, um, so, and it's understandable that he doesn't want to move his family and everything like that. So hopefully that deters the other mm-hmm. teams from actually trying to claim him. And then, Dell, I think, is gone, basically. <laughs> I think uh, Edmonton is, in, if it gets down to Edmonton, because Chris Johnston actually tweeted, um, like, it has to go, like, that player has to go through so, all the teams. There's a certain order right. to the teams. So it's not just, um, like, he just doesn't, Edmonton just doesn't get first pick. It actually goes, I think, Ottawa, I, well, actually, it's Detroit. It goes from the bottom of the, uh, like, the bottom team from last season. Right. Um, and then all the way down, he has to go through all, all the teams. So, um, so yeah. So yeah, and I we'll, guess because of the we'll Mike Smith situation. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. That's, uh, if it gets as far as Edmonton, then they're probably going to pick him up, I would think. But yeah. So, um, yeah. So the taxi squad, anyways, we're, we're definitely going to be using it. Um, and, um, We'll see what happens on Monday night versus Winnipeg. Um, and yeah, what's what's up next for us now? Let's see what... Uh, well, so the, the taxi squad obviously is going to be used a lot more over the next 56 games. So we're playing, like you said, against Winnipeg on Monday. And then we have a lot of games um, coming up against the Oilers and also a trip out West. So um, it's going to be, we're going to start to really pick up the pace as far as how many games we're playing in a week. I think we're going to see a lot of changes and I think Leafs Nation is going to have to get used to a lot of adjustments and and we're going to have to try to not freak out over every little move. (laughs) Every change, yeah. This is all, all, um, you know, a lot of thought I think has been put into how these things are going to be handled. I think a lot of these things are not going to be knee-jerk reactions either. So there, there's, 
you know, method to the madness. Uh, it's got to do with, you know, you know, the compliment that they have on the ice, but also salary cap considerations and everything. So with also an eye on, you know, being able to put the best team on the ice come playoff time. And we have, uh, you know, a very short time to be able to get that all together. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so we're playing Winnipeg tomorrow night. I expect Freddie to be back in goal. Um, and they had though, they technically, I mean, we really weren't sure if we were going to be playing Winnipeg because they did have some COVID issue uh, where they canceled practice on Saturday, but apparently today they said everything was good and they are scheduled to fly here, um, for the game for tomorrow night. So they're flying here today on the Sunday and, um, yeah, so we'll see Patrick Line is going to show up apparently. I don't know what was wrong. Something apparently might he might have had an injury or something, but he is going to he is traveling with the team. And then um so that's always the good thing cuz obviously Patrick Line was drafted number 2 after Austin Matthews was number 1. So there's always that little maybe it's a rivalry for him, I don't know. <laughs> for us, we know who's the better player. <laughs> Yeah. And then um, funny that there's still a debate on that in some circles. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, yeah. And then there's Connor Hellebuck, obviously, who's uh, the Vesna trophy goaltender. So that'll be uh, tough to um, to get pucks by him. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely going to be one of the better teams we've uh, we've faced so far in the in the Canadian division. And then, yeah, and then we got the Oilers, right, after that? Yeah, so we have two games uh, versus the Oilers on the 20th and the 22nd. So back-to-back, that's going to be here at Scotiabank Arena. Uh, we have no Leafs on Saturday night this week. So, yeah, um, yeah. yeah we're I guess with the schedule, it's not necessarily a guarantee that we're going to have Leafs for a Hockey Night in Canada. Uh, we have the return of Tyson Berry. So <laughs> what do you think yeah. and what are you expecting there, Chris? Yeah. Well, I mean, he's only was with us one season, right? So uh, he's been playing with Connor McDavid uh, quite a bit on like he's been the D pairing, I guess, I think with the uh, when McDavid's been on. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. And uh, it didn't work out for him here. That's also like it just didn't uh, the expectations. I don't know. Like they I guess it was just um, uh, it just didn't didn't work out. So, yeah. So that's so also um, it's always a treat, uh, you know, when we get to see Connor McDavid. Yeah. Um, Yeah. However, I kind (laughs) of wish that uh, Austin didn't let him come to Arizona because he's like really firing on all cylinders right now. So maybe uh, maybe AM 34 can not invite him there for the summer to get his juices flowing. Um, Don't give him too many tips. Any more tips? Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I think that's always going to be. It's going to be a good showdown. All always between. Yeah, I think. Um, I think Riley is going to be a little bit more uh, because he's always on the highlight reel now with that one. Oh, I know. Last yeah, season, looks, right. So be interesting to see if that uh, puts a little burn in his bonnet for that. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So we also play uh, Edmonton again the following week on the twenty eighth and thirtieth. So. This is where we should start seeing some of those rivalries building up because now we're seeing basically one team uh, four times uh, within the course of a week. So 
Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then in between there, we, uh, we played Calgary, the Flames in Calgary. Again, it's a two game series playing on Sunday, the 24th. Note the start time is 4 p.m. on the Sunday. So uh, we're going to have to get used to some of these uh, earlier times, I guess, with the with the time zone difference. And um, and also later, because on the I think on the the one Edmonton game is at 10 o'clock here. Mm-hmm. So overall, um, though, looking over the schedule, we actually have the majority of our starts are the 7 p.m. So which I think uh, some clubs are not too yeah. pleased about. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, but I mean, the, so far, I mean, we haven't really, we only played the, the two game style, I guess, uh, the two games versus the Sens. Um, right. So, I don't know, so far, it's, it's all right. We'll, we'll see how it uh, continues on. But a, th- a few things to note on when the teams are on the road when it comes to the COVID like the strict protocols. Um, mm-hmm. I found this interesting. Everyone, well, I guess, it, yeah, it's it's interesting that they, they've gone this strict. Basically, everybody has to wear a mask when they are together off the ice. They aren't allowed to leave the hotel um, on the road except to get, like, fresh air. So they can't, <laughs> like, they can go outside the hotel and that's it, basically. They can't really like go and discover the city or anything like that, obviously, and nothing's open anyways. It probably across Canada, they all, we all have um, the lockdown measures. So um, yeah. And then at dinner, they have assigned seats and they have to observe proper social distancing during the team dinners. Mm-hmm. So everything is very well laid out for them. I just find it interesting because like they're on the bench, sitting on the bench right beside each other. So true. I don't know. I just like for three hours, like, I don't know. I, I find it the, well, I mean, I it's a, it's, what I, I mean, would it's better be safe, obviously, but what I would say to that though, is that when they're on the ice, they are in a bubble of sorts because it's all people connected to the team only. Right. right. But when they're somewhere eating you're going to have some servers. You're ha- you have people preparing food. You have yeah. there's other factors and variables. And honestly, it just takes one person to you know be asymptomatic and carrying it, or feeling a little sure. under yeah. the weather, not noticing uh, for things to just really explode yeah. in not a good way. So, yeah. and obviously, a lot of the teams are obviously they're they're being very serious about the situation, Vancouver already canceled a practice once, like even though everything ended up being fine, Winnipeg Mm -hmm. canceled their practice or anything. So they're very, being very careful with it, which is, uh, which is good to see, obviously, because we don't want, um, I mean, there's bound to be something. I mean, obviously Dallas now, I don't know when they're starting, but um, their season, because they're not starting until the 22nd or something though. Oh yeah. 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 So, I mean, that was from before the season even started. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But um, we'll see how it goes on this, their first road trip. Because um, our next episode will be coming after that. And um, yeah, normally it's a time for the teammates to like build that team chemistry, which brings us to our next segment um, where we actually got the chance again to um, be on a call with Brendan Shanahan. And uh, he spoke about the team. And we had the opportunity to get his thoughts and vision for the team moving forward in the seventh year. I can't believe it's the seventh year of the Shanna plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so what did, uh, what did, uh, what's the first thing there that we saw from this call? Well, um, he basically gave his input about the team and what the team needed. And uh, two things that he really noted were 
better better leadership and physicality. So that's something that they obviously tried to address with the the people they picked up over the summer. But you know, what are we seeing right now with regards to that coming to fruition? What do you think? Yeah, I was actually surprised that they <laughs> that they were looking the leadership part of it. I don't know. I mm-hmm. was like the physicality was obvious. Like that to me, they needed that. They they just didn't have that person or that attitude to say like, they're not going to be like, nobody's going to like push them around that sort of thing. But um, the leadership part, I was, um, I found it interesting, but obviously they got a lot of it from getting somebody, obviously like Joe Thornton, Wayne Simmons, and then I think Bogosian in a way, just because of his experience with with a Stanley Cup winner just last year, like being on that, on that team. So um I kind of think that, um, you know, because of the types of teams that that Shanahan's been on, and even if we want to look back to, um, you know, our teams from like the 2000s, you know, you had Mats, who was kind of a quiet leader, which is like similar to JT, but they brought in other people like uh, Neuendijk for a time, Gary Roberts, they had Taidomi different types of voices, different types of personalities, you know, somebody that is going to be speaking up more because Tavares, it's not really his style. So maybe they needed, not necessarily saying that they didn't have, you know, good leaders to this point, but they just needed some different types of voices also and more varied experience, you know? Yeah. And I think too, with the three our three young stars in Nylander, Matthews and Marner, I think they might need a little bit more direction or like to say, uh, because obviously we haven't had the greatest experiences in the playoffs um, over these uh, last few years. So, and, and it's only their, their first going into their fifth season for, uh, for Austin Matthews. Yeah. And it's, it, I think with them, maybe they, it, it might, help JT like you're saying to to uh because nowadays I guess teams it's the captain is the like he's not the one and only person like to to be the leader on the team right like he there's like a group surrounding him um that leads the team so yeah so um so Shanahan also spoke about how how acquiring players that are from southern Ontario brings an intangible to the team so growing up like he said you you have watching the Leafs um, or having you have your favorite player, whether it was Wendell Clark, Daryl Sittler, Doug Gilmore for him, like his favorite player is Daryl Sittler. So for him, he's like, it, it just makes a, a difference. Let's say when you, when you put that Jersey on for the first time and you think, wow, like Daryl Sittler was my favorite player, number 27. And I'm putting that Jersey on now. So, and, or whether it was Wendell Clark, right. Or, or Doug Gilmore, like, like he said, you can have elite talent to win, but you also need the intangibles as part of your lineup. So, so yeah, I think it's a huge difference. Like you, I mean, we talked about in our first episode of the year with Wayne Simmons looking at himself in the glass, right? Mm-hmm. Like saying, wow, I look good in blue and white, right? So, so those kinds of things, I think it, I think it gives that energy. I mean, Marner understands it. Obviously he's from here, but people like, like Willie and, and, and Austin Matthews and um and then and Ilya Mikheyev, let's say a Russian player, um and Kerfoot, like uh, like they it basically just instills it more for them as to what it is to be a Maple Leaf. 
That's how I right. So they're kind of being, in a way, they're kind of being taught uh, by these guys and their reverence. um, You know what it really means to wear the blue and white. Uh, Yeah, definitely. I I have to agree. But then you know you kind of wonder how come they're. You know, this whole draft, uh, did we even have any Southern Ontario-born players yeah. drafted? Like, not a one. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that, yeah, that's true. That's true, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. He, well, that's something between him and Dubas, right? That's uh, exactly when it comes to the Shannon plan, they have to, they have, they have to figure it out. But they obviously brought in the, those, those couple players that, uh, I mean, Morgan Riley, I think, is the, one of the, like he's from Vancouver area, but I think he's like a like he grew up a Leaf fan as well, right? But mm-hmm. um, I just think I just think ha- being that, and I and I think that's what Shanahan is, is obviously by what he said, he believes it as well that having that those players from Southern Ontario, it just adds something in the dressing room to to make to. I guess stabilize the the dressing room in a way that you got you got to keep yourself level headed here in Toronto too, right? Because it, it's a it's a big thing. I mean, like we see everybody's going crazy about Jason Spezza being on waivers on 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 Sunday right. in January, sort of thing, right? But um, I don't know. You gotta you gotta have people that are excited about it, but can also show they show that leadership to say that they can tone things down as well and and keep everything uh in perspective like jumbo joe with his interview last night i had a good laugh at that (laughs) well then again in a in a sense though i think that's part of the reason why maybe they brought in some older guys that have the connection with you know leafs because let's face it anybody who is of a younger generation they are not as attached to uh a successful leaf team so the, yeah. the farther we get away from that the less kids coming up are going to have that connection so until we start creating that more again um you know having people in the fold that you know have those memories is going to be important so yeah yeah and then he also talked about this power of positive thinking <laughs> mm-hmm. so yeah like ideas like expect good things to happen um and like imagine good things will happen and it will happen and that kind of thing i think is more about these playoff series losses that we've had to boston i think he's in the in the background he's kind of in giving us the uh the idea like you know these all these young players have all they've done and they haven't won a playoff series in in 16 17 years right so that's they don't know how it feels to win um, in those in those big moments. So um, that power of positive thinking, I think, will uh, will go a long way. I think. And Jumbo Joe obviously is is putting in his two cents. He always seems to be positive <laughs> as being in the uh, in the media, anyways. And um, yeah, and then he also said for himself, Shanahan, that he won't quit. He's passionate about the team and and the job of being president and he believes we'll do it in Toronto and that was one comment I thought to myself that's sort of like Masai Ujiri I guess with the Raptors with his uh with his comments so yeah so um I don't know I I I I didn't uh that was interesting of him to say and then um the most interesting quote I thought from him was with um was about Mitch Marner 
Uh, he was asked about several different like players and former coaches as well, but he asked about Mitch Marner and he said he brings energy and brightness to the ice every day. He's accomplished the role of playing the full game, both defensive and offensive. He cares, and Shanahan hopes that he plays his entire career here, and no doubt he will have a statue outside the arena. Wow. When he, That's just some... that last part was the part that I was like, real, I was kind of shocked a little bit to actually say that, but mm-hmm. for me, that just means Mitch isn't really going anywhere. <laughs> it doesn't sound like it. From the sound of it, yeah. He's going to have to do something pretty bad and definitely not go on the trajectory that's expected of him uh, for him to not be here. But, you know, obviously that's not entirely in the team's control. Um, He may decide that he wants to go somewhere else. But you know what? I always say that, you know, the people connected with this team, you know, no matter how much... Leafs Nation thinks they're in the know. There's they know things that we don't know, obviously. So he knows things about Mitch that we don't know, that we don't see. He has a personal relationship with him. He knows what you know he feels strongly about. Um so yeah, I think that um Obviously, we know the sky's the limit for someone who has the talent that he has, and he's got a unique skill set that not everyone has, too. So uh, I would love to see that. I'd love to see more than one guy on this team uh, have a statue. Um, I guess it's going to take a a few Stanley Cups, maybe, to... I mean, maybe not even, because look, we've got guys on on that bench out there in front of Scotiabank Arena who haven't won a thing, and uh, they're revered, so... Yeah, yeah, that's true. So we are lucky to have the opportunity to be on a call with the Leafs president, obviously. Um, There was no media on this call. uh, And it's really special for us fans uh, to be there. And it's something that we obviously love to share with you, our listeners. So, yeah, so that's what we have for you. And this, our first episode mid-month. Yeah, because we're doing twice monthly now um, episodes of uh, of the podcast and we're so happy to bring you um bring it to you and we'd appreciate it if you could take a bit of time to give our podcast a review on whatever app you listen uh, or you use to listen to us um and if you don't already you can follow us on social media instagram twitter facebook our handle is at ltl 1917 and we'll keep you informed on what's going on with our leaves So we hope you enjoyed our show and to help us continue with it, please buy us a coffee. Go to ko-fi.com, ko-fi.com and you can make a donation using our handle LTL1917. You can find the link on our Buzzsprout website. We also love to hear from you. So if you have any feedback or any ideas you would like to um, like us to talk about on future shows, you can reach us at Ladies Talking Leaves. That's L-A-D-I-E-S. T-A-L-K-I-N-L-E-A-F at gmail.com to give us feedback. Uh, this is the last thing we'd like to thank our healthcare workers for everything they do. Everybody stay safe and well. Talk to you soon. Go Leafs, go. Go Leafs, go.